0: We're gonna talk about our church sign in a little while, but I, I found some interesting signs uh, over time. There's an interesting sign, K. Hallbroth, today. <laughs> put, it says, put tips here. I've never seen any a church do here. So, so if you follow signs, there you go. There's one for you. In Louisville, Kentucky, where we lived for a while, uh, at Churchill Downs, home of the K- Kentucky Derby, uh, Jeannie saw a sign uh, at a parking lot that said, Stable, parking, stable Employees Parking Only. <laughs> Where do the unstable employees park? We always wondered about that. Also in Louisville, there's a tattoo shop that has several branches in Louisville called Tacky Charlie's. And all billboards all over Louisville it says tattoo while you wait. <laughs> I never, what I'm going to come back at 3:30 and pick it up. I never did understand tattooing. In, in Tipton, Indiana, there's a restaurant in a gas station, and it's called uh, Cheryl's, and it says eat here and get gas. <laughs> a church being creative had this one on their sign <coughs> recently. Ban pre-shredded cheese. Make America great again. (laughs) Honk if you love Jesus. Text while driving if you want to meet him soon. (laughs) One of my favorites, Jeff Teppets will like the best. Interested in time travel? Meet here last Thursday, 7 (laughs) o'clock. A lot of times in those sites, my wife has had to point them out to me because, well, I'm a man. (laughs) <laughs> and men just don't notice things in my experience the way that women, Barbara do you agree with this? Okay <laughs> Buddy's catching it over there at the front you. women will look at one another and say is that a new dress and, have you lost weight? did you get a new hairdo and, uh, I've never done that to a friend of mine <laughs> Jeannie's letting me paint a half bath in our house And she's considering using a color that a friend has in her house. And Jeannie's been in her house one time two years ago. And she remembered the color of a room. I couldn't get to the house if I had to. (laughs) Some of us men aren't very observant. I read of a man who went home to his two-story house and one of the stories was missing. (laughs) His two daughters had turned into three sons. His blonde wife was now a brunette. And after three and a half days, he realized he went to the wrong house. It took him (laughs) a long time to figure it out. Some of us are very small. Some of us are very slow. Exodus chapter 3 is where we begin today. Very familiar words about a great encounter with God and Moses. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sidon, the mountain of God. There the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush, and Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up.
1: This is amazing, Moses said
0: to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. <clears throat> Thank God Moses looked. And he didn't have to have a woman there to point out, look at that over there. In today's society, aren't you glad that Moses didn't have a device, a cell phone with him? I think he would have walked right by him. You see people do things, happen to bump into things, run into things, miss all sorts of things because they're on a device. One of the greatest weapons I think the devil has is distraction. And if we're distracted, we get into all sorts of difficulties. So this day, Moses wasn't distracted. But in this world, there's some people so distracted by this world, they pay no attention to the next. That doesn't apply to you. Here you are in God's house today. Marriages are in trouble because some spouses are distracted and not paying attention to what they should. Being distracted can kill you. I've had to do funerals with people who were texting while they were driving. And they're gone. Back to Sinai. Thank God that Moses paid attention. This is one of my favorite stories. Because I believe that there are burning bushes everywhere. Everywhere. But we just have to look. But many times we fail to see what God is up to because we're distracted. Too often we fail to look and see. But there are burning bushes all around us, even this day, before we continue let's pray. Lord, in your house today and in our hearts and minds souls, spirits. Let us see you. Let us experience you. When we leave this place, let us see what you point out to us. Let us not be distracted from how you show off every day. Thank you for showing off this week. And Father, help us to turn aside and see. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This, of all, this week of all things, God used a church sign to get attention for our church. The church sign reads, and it's on the front of your bulletin, by the way, but if you don't want to look down at your bulletin, here it is. It's what it says on one side of the sign. Right there on Mount Vernon Highway. God has no favorites, but sign guy does go falcon. It has garnered a great deal of attention. <clears throat> All over the internet. And people are stopping and taking its picture and sending it on. This past Tuesday around lunchtime, I received a call from Fox 5 News, home of Katie Beasley. Katie had nothing to do with this. Movie. They wanted to do a story on our church site And so they called the office. The office called me, I was running errands, and I said, well, Joe Tebbets is the sign guy, let her do the interview. (coughs) Joe declined to do the interview. (laughs) So I did. About one o'clock Tuesday, it was on at five, and it was on at six. So in the interview, I gave credit to the sign guy, actually the sign gal, Joe Tebbets. And it was good publicity, and I got lots of comments and calls. And God works in mysterious ways. Some of you might be here today because of the sign. And that's amazing to me that something like that can happen. Maybe God's been trying to get your attention for a while, and He sent several signs, but this is the burning bush that did it. As a child, you play with dominoes—not to the count them to play the game, but to set them up on their end and knock them down, so they would knock the other ones down. Our lives can be like that. One small action can, call a tsunami, can cause a tsunami of consequence. We talked about that a few months ago at homecoming when we looked at the butterfly effect. Just to remind you of that, the butterfly effect came from a doctoral thesis written in 1963 by Edward Lawrence. And he theorized that a butterfly might flap its wings, moving molecules of air into motion, that in turn moved other molecules of air and eventually be able to shift weather patterns on the other side of the world. In 1963, he was laughed at and ridiculed. But in the 1990s, physicists working in concert around the world authenticated the Lawrence hypothesis commonly called the butterfly effect, it's now been granted the status of law and the the word that they use now, it's now known as the law of sensitive dependence upon initial conditions. In other words, little things can make a big difference. Back to Moses. He saw the burning bush, he turned aside, and the world has changed for generations. Of what Moses did. Back to the sign. To the sign. Two weeks ago, a young man came into church and he told me as he walked in, I'm here because I saw the church sign. I hope to see him again. We had great exposure all because of a sign. Back to Joe Texas. Joe and her husband Jeff both have wonderful stories about what God has done in their lives and is doing in their lives. They're both burning bushes to the park. If you've not heard Jeff's testimony, we'll leave it to him to do that again. But if I could steal my favorite part, every Sunday they pick up people and bring them to church. As a juvenile, delinquent, Jeff was arrested for stealing a car. And now he drives a car to pick up people for church. <laughs> Isn't God like that? I just love that. The message on the sign is so very powerful. No, not the falcons part. The great message at the very beginning: God has no favorites. Man, I think the world needs to hear that. What if I look? What if I act? What if I've messed up? We have all these what ifs, and we think, well, you know, God's for that group, God's for that group. He can't want me. Joe didn't make up the phrase, God has no favorites. Romans chapter 2, 11. This is in the book. Look at this. For God does not show favoritism. The second scripture in Romans 2 is talking about Jews and Gentiles. To define Gentile, it's a non-Jew. So it's talking about everyone. And in context, it's speaking of behavior, how we live. But the truth is, God loves all of us and has no favorites. In proof of that, the Bible is filled with stories of God using people that might not be our favorites and we might not approve of. Moses, we talked about, was a murderer. Noah liked to drink. Jacob was a thief and a liar. Thomas doubted. Peter denied. James and John had anger issues. And the list goes on and on and on. But God used Burning bushes each morning. So when we as God's people learn that there are no favorites, when we learn that all people are loved by God, Wonderful things begin to happen. Wednesday night. uh, This is a commercial, by the way. We're studying the book of Revelation at 6.30. We'd love to have you. We wrapped up chapter 2 last week. In that discussion, in the letters to the seven churches of Revelation, we talked about different kinds of people. And in it, we discussed who should be welcome at our church. Who should be welcome? And the answer came out, everyone should be welcome. Everyone. Even Mississippi State fans should be welcome. I did that for a friend of mine. So, Frank told me a story from many years ago, maybe 30. He stopped on a rainy day to help a woman change a flat tire. If you know Frank's self, that sounds like something Frank would do. And talking to her, he found out that she was a prostitute. And Frank helped her change her tire. And then Frank did the most amazing thing, wonderful thing. He invited her to church. So Frank goes home and he tells his wife what he has done cover all the bases if this girl comes this is how I know her <laughs> and not long after that guess who came to church <clears throat> if God has no favors shouldn't a prostitute be welcome to church yeah they should but so too often we make a list about who should and who shouldn't. And the older I get and the more I understand God, I, I, I want to throw my list away. I don't have a list anymore. But Frank was a burning is a burning bush. And I love that he did that. I'm a Falcons fan. I've jumped on the bandwagon, obviously. Bought a shirt this week. I've never had one. In Indiana, I was a Colts fan. The reason I was a Colts fan is because of Tony Dungy. Early one morning, a dear friend of mine had been the chaplain for Tony when Tony was down in Florida, Tampa Bay. So Kid was in Indiana with me and we went to meet Coach Dungy early one Monday morning, I think it was a Monday. He did a Bible study every Monday morning with his coaches, like at 630 so Ken and I get up in the middle of the night and leave 5 o'clock and drive to Indianapolis and we go into Coach a, a room off of his office and they do a Bible study. And then we go into Coach Dungey's office and there's tapes everywhere. And then we got to eat breakfast with the team and they feed them really, really well. And that day I, I kind of became a Colts fan. I, I really became a Tony Dungey fan. Tony Dungy the burning bush and has done so much good with his ministry for well, a lot of people, for a lot of reasons. Several years ago, in Indiana, a lady showed up at church that had nothing to do with church all of her life, her long life. And it was a small town where we lived. In small towns, you don't really have anonymity. You don't have any secrets. Everybody knows who you are and what you've done often. And when she came into church, people said, Did you see who was in church? And I didn't know her story. They were amazed that she was there. And they were kind and they were welcoming. And mm-hmm. she came back, started to come to Sunday school. And after several months, maybe half a year of this, I had the privilege of baptizing her. She died in September of twenty thirteen. I'd moved here by then, and so I wrote a message for her funeral I want to read to you. It was the 15th day of October, 1988. Game 1 of the World Series. The Oakland A's were ahead 4-3 to three over the Los Angeles Dodgers. It was the bottom of the ninth inning. Not only was it the bottom of the ninth, there were two outs. And to make matters worse, Dennis Eckersley was pitching for the A's, and he was a very good name. He had 45 saves and had been the MVP of the American League Championship Series. Although I'm not much of a baseball fan, I never have cheered for the Dodgers or the A's. What happened next is seared in my memory. I closed my eyes and I can see it. If you've seen it just once, you'll definitely remember. Kirk Gibson limped to the plate. He was in the clubhouse for most all of the game. He wasn't even supposed to play because of a bad knee. But there he was, bottom of the ninth, two outs, man on first, the World Series. The count was full, three balls, two strikes, and then it happened. Eckersley threw a backdoor slider and Kurt Gibson crushed it. Back, 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 over the right field balls, home run. The Dodgers won the game. The picture that I will never forget is Wounded, victorious, Kirk Gibson limping around the bases. Remember doing like this? The crowd at Dodger Stadium was going absolutely wild. The ovation was deafening. As he rounded second base, Gibson pumped his fist, grinning ear to ear. It was a magic moment. And as Kirk Gibson made it home to home plate, he was mobbed by his teammates. It was a moment of great joy. My friend Bell, made her victory trip around the bases Sunday, September the 15th. She arrived home to the cheers of the heavenly host. I thought of this story because Belle came to Christ in the bottom of the night. I had the great privilege of baptizing her when she was 76 years old. Her salvation came before any illness. Her decision to follow Christ came not as a result of a physical condition, but a spiritual one. Belle understood grace, forgiveness, and new beginnings. Her old had passed away and everything became new. She was a different lady. She loved her church. She invited her neighbors. She was a missionary at the end of her days. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus tells a story about workers in a vineyard. Some were hired early in the morning, some midday, and some showed up at five o'clock, the bottom of the night. Because of the grace of God, they all received the same reward. Belle has received her reward. Wounded, weary, injured, she stepped up to the plate and hit it out of the park. Kirk Gibson, in interviews over the years, has said that he dreamed of that very moment. Belle dreamed of a trip to Alaska that never occurred. I know, too, that she dreamed of her heavenly adventure. And she's there now. Way to go, Belle. Way to go. Whenever I think of my friend, I think that she was a burning bush in my life, and I'll never forget her. What kind of a bush are you? What kind of a sign are you to a world around us that, well, looks at our lives? About us, Matthew 5:14 through 16 says this, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good work, deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Thank you, sign gal, for the sign. Go, foul. Thank God that he has no favors and he loves all of us. You go and let your light shine. Let's pray God.